To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you. Enjoy the program. Are you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? Jay here, positivesarcasm.com. You can find me on Twitter some of the times, mostly just retweeting in the morning at 6 a.m. and then I move on with my day. At POS Sarcasm. Instagram, Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. When is Facebook just going to go away? It can go away if you want to. You can make believe. Uh, you can also find me on Minds, Minds.com, just search for Positive Sarcasm. You find me on Twitch, streaming every time I do one of these podcasts, PositiveSarcasm.com, for all your questions, comments, concerns. You can donate there. You can support this platform of insanity that I call my life. You can uh, donate there. Go to PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate. You can contact me there for posing music, questions, concerns, constraints. Shout out to Johnny Monotone, a.k.a. Mr. Monotone this week, for throwing out the hater bait and taking care of some business for me. Who knew a middle-aged man with a beautiful set of gray hairs such as himself could uh, do the work that myself could not accomplish? He is a gentleman and a scholar and a monotone man of his words. He's on the icy tundra. Anyways, you can find me on all social media uh, if you want to. Or you can just email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com, for all your needs or contracts or sexual desires. Actually, you can skip that last part because uh, I ain't got time for that. You don't really have time for you just sort of make time for it. You know, as you watch this, Mm. Cafe Bustella. Oops, got a little, just dribbled a little on my shirt. On my clubbing shirt. Um, You know, as you watch this train wreck unfold, you may think to yourself, I could do what he does. And guess what? You can. You actually can do what I do. That's what makes this so great, especially in this country. You can, if you really are maybe nervous about trying this stuff or going out and trying new things and maybe getting on a podcast or shooting a vlog... The podcast is the easiest way to do it, I would think, um, because a podcast is a great way to generate ideas. For example, if you just want to sit down in front of a microphone and be like, well, just start by telling your story. So I guess we'll start out this by shooting a podcast, talking, shooting a podcast. Let's shoot a podcast. No, let's talk about how to do a podcast or how to shoot a vlog to start while, um, giving an example. I guess that's what we can do. Well, we're going to do it anyways. All right, for example, uh, let's say you've never done a, a vlog before. Let's say you've never shot a podcast before. Well, um, my lifetime, my lifetime, my life partner, my good buddy Bobby, who's getting married! Um, him and I traveled down to uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Dennis. There's a town in, in Cape Cod called Dennis. Um, it's next to, it's, it's next to Bobby. Bobby! Uh, no. Yeah, they should have, like, every town in Cape Cod should be renamed after typical Massachusetts names. Richard! Derek! Craig! <laughs> Welcome to Craig Mass. So him and I just went, we're going down there to look at a car for moi. And, um... Just the journey down there, just driving in the evening to beautiful Cape Cod. If you've never been to Cape Cod, it is a beautiful place. All the houses pretty much look the same in all the in all the inward towns. 
it, it takes forever to get there. I don't care where you're coming from. If you live, even if you live right in Boston, it still takes forever to get there. You can travel to Newburyport. You can travel to, and these are all places right along the water. You can travel to Newburyport. You can travel to Gloucester, Rockport. No problem. They're right there on the water. Just takes you an extra 20 minutes. Cape Cod's going to take you forever. Cape Cod is way bigger than people think it is. People think you just kind of hit the bridge and boom, you're right there on the water and you just do a little loop around and you're done. No, it takes like fucking, once you're there, it's like another two hours to actually get to the end, which is Provincetown. Provincetown is no joke either. So we were heading down. It was several hours to get there. So we drove through Boston. We drove into the Cape. We did what we had to do at the Cape. Looked at a nice car. Came back, told more stories. Hit a pizza place that he used to talk about when he was a kid. Um, had a cute Irish waitress. And then we came back. But we talked about all kinds of wonderful things. And all kinds of thoughts were going through my head as I was heading down there. But I was like, I could shoot this. Because you, there, at the end of the day, there's a story there. There's something to do. I mean, they made Seinfeld was nothing more than an episode about nothing. So when you're going to look at a car in southern Massachusetts right on the wing of the Cape, that's something. So you have something to shoot. Plus, there's a long history story between me and Bobby. I've known this kid since he was in sixth grade. He's, you know, we've been roommates. We've been friends. We've been traveling uh, companions. Is that a way of putting it? We've been buddies. We've been buddies in aerial arms. Let me put it that way. Him and I traveled to, I actually wrote an article about him. You go check it out. You go to positivesarcasm.com. Hit up the article archive. There is an article in there called Bro Ventures. And it just pretty much lists all the times that me and Bobby just decided to go do something stupid, like get on an airplane or go to a fitness show or God knows what else. And him and I were there together every step of the way. We were in Los Angeles together at 2 a.m. in the morning, hitting up a freaking Louisiana fast um, in Compton, doing 90 in a Chevy Malibu on the uh, main strip in fucking downtown Los Angeles, driving through Skid Row, um, getting drunk on the beach and almost arrested, taking a red eye through the thunderstorm. We did, we've done so much together. Um, there's a story there. Just even though it's just like you're going to we're just traveling a couple hours somewhere to go look at something, you know, there's a, but underneath that, there's a friendship. There's a story. There is a long time connection between us that deserves to be told And maybe in vlog format that will be. But that's in a vlog format where you tell a story and then you shoot the actual event and then you kind of tie the pieces together. That can take a while. Um, to kind of put together for a novice who's never really shot video before to be put out on the internet, on the interwebs. But for me, that's something easily to tell. Easy to tell. That just two friends are going to go do something that seems normally random, but if you have the camera on you and the thing's kind of going half the, the whole time, when you have some, you have somebody like him and me heading somewhere, there's a lot of great things that you can say about that person through the mic and it can kind of tie together into the little adventure that you're having that turns into this little story that you happen to piece together that you can put up on YouTube. And not only does the person that you're talking about so highly of appreciate it, but it's a story of friendship and all the things that we've gone through and our perspectives on life. That's something I just spent the first five minutes of this, of this uh, podcast talking about. That's the thing. If you're going to shoot a YouTube vlog about it, you can do it. But if you're going to shoot 
if you're going to talk about it on a podcast, well, you don't necessarily have to have what I'm mean to say. If you want to get started on something, if it's a vlog, yeah, you go into it with a little bit of direction. A podcast doesn't require much. A podcast can just simply be if you have things on your mind and you want to dive into them a little bit more for, you know, for example, if it was my friendship with a long time, I mean, I don't have, do I have a lot of friends? I mean, I have a lot of acquaintances, close acquaintances. I have some friends who I've known for a long time. Me and Mr. Frowley have known each other since 2014. Um, we have an odd friendship, a good one though. Uh, one, and I, you know, oddly enough has stood the test of time in my craziness. With Bobby, though, understandably so, I mean, first of all, Zach, Mr. Frowley comes from Vermont, so I didn't know him. Bobby, I've known since, like, sixth grade. You know, we were little midgets, you know, back in the day, you know. I remember my first memory, really, of him is him sitting on his ass watching uh, watching South Park in a busted-up fucking family. His sister hated me back then. She probably still hates me now. But I've given her all the opportunities in the world to, you know, ditch her husband, so. The offer still stands. Um, I'm rambling. But there's a story there to be told. And you can start up, you can start, if you want to do your first podcast, you can talk, simply talk about who you are, where you're from. Doesn't worry, don't worry about if it's boring or not. Just start with the motions of talking into a mic that happens to record your noises coming out of your face. And then just go from there. Talk about your hobbies. And maybe there's some things that you want to not get off your chest. The first thing, you, you should never really start up anything in anger. Even though if you absolutely have to start something, I mean, anger is at least one approach. But you do want to at least start off with something constructive. If you have a story to tell that's maybe really personal or some things that you want to investigate, you can inform your hopefully oncoming audience about the things that you look to investigate or look into or speak on or preach about in the coming weeks of your podcast as long as you stay consistent. So the idea is that that's a way to get started. Maybe you like like my friend uh, who I just met her uh, a couple months a couple months ago, about half, half a year ago. What the hell's her name? Shit, this is not looking good. Um, she does voiceover work and stuff like that. She could do a whole podcast. As a matter of fact, she does like one or two already about her voiceover work. She does storyboard podcasting. She's great. You know, she just started doing that. She was trying to piece it together. She has a little bit more production value, but she likes to tell stories. And that's one way she likes to do it. Maybe you could tell stories. I just like to, like, you know, just, pff, just throw it all out there, blow out my lungs until I've got nothing left. It's a great for me for me to sit coffee, sip coffee and um, kind of decompress all the things that are going on in my mind throughout the week, write them all down in this crazy-ass notebook that I'd like to give props to. Thanks to one of my clients for getting me this notebook. This notebook is now nearing its end, and I need to retire. It's Many pages have been ripped out. I've written whole songs in here. Hey there, Delilah, this isn't one of the songs that I wrote, but... Uh, I got a lot of great stuff in here, and it's great to get writing again. Just random notes. Even just to-do lists, grocery shopping. Um, but no, this is all random-ass thoughts here that I've managed to plug out podcasts consistently every single week because of this notebook. So I appreciate it. I did get a brand-new notebook. I look forward to starting that motherfucker off right. But um, if, you're just gonna, if you are going to start a podcast, you just start off with your own story what you've been thinking about lately 
and try not to go into too much detail with each and every one off the in the beginning. Just get them off, get the ideas off. You know, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and I want to do this. And then you start to explore them. Make sure you've looked up a couple articles on some of the things that you're referring to to make sure that you're not going down a rabbit hole where you're going to be constantly corrected to the point where you can't recover your flow. Because it is important when you start these podcasts to have some type of flow, you know, or at least have an idea of how you're going to get into one. Um, and once you do that, then you can start to insert Q&A, question and answer, and, you know, for the layman. Um and other aspects such as maybe guests. And then from there, you can have a full-blown podcast and you can you really have something to look forward to each week. Not everybody has a voice. And the reason not everybody has a voice is because they choose not to. They choose to stay quiet and not rock the boat. When somebody's got to, you know, you never know that you may be the one that spots the iceberg, the dangers ahead, or something else entirely. But the idea of you just staying silent when there's a lot of not having your voice heard, having your voice heard is, is seems like a way, a means of protest where you may just be discovering your loves and your hobbies and other things that you have just plain interest in that you maybe want to express to the outside world. And maybe just maybe it's not, you know, it's not an abrasive topic. It's just something that you want to explore. Hell, if you want to talk about birds, you can talk about birds. I don't give a shit. You know, there's always somebody who likes birds. Ooh, there's a bird podcast. I guess I'll listen to that. Tweet a little leet. And you can go down that route. There, I just went 13 minutes on basically nothing. I, inter- I introduced myself. Uh, my name is Jay. I run a website called PositiveSarcasm.com. And here are my interests. There you go. That's how you start this shit. Me talking about, my, you know, my love and appreciation for an old friend of mine as we went down to uh, the Cape to look at a car. You know, that's another story that can be told. That could be a little side note of interest as you're getting warmed up and getting into the flow of your vlog. You just kind of start with a little story of some magnitude or no magnitude, but it kind of gets you in the flow of what you're doing. While you're warming up, maybe you have visitors coming in through a live stream or somebody's about ready to call in or you're just kind of warming up those throat muscles. Don't take that the wrong way of you just getting ready for your episode. You know, depending upon if you're going to go for 30 minutes, 45, one hour, or, you go, you're, or you're, you're a Joe Rogan type and you like to go for a two to three hour bomber. Mm. Why do I do that every time I sip coffee? Because mm. it's that good. Because it's that good. That's why. There's your answer. There's your answer. Because it's Cafe Bustello and it's absolutely delicious coffee. With nice and hot with heavy cream. Ooh. Mm. Like a succulent teat in your mouth. Uh, okay, so that was 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I have been getting, I have improved. My throat is still kind of, um, has that nice chalky grunginess instead of my, you know, my hi, how are you kind of voice. Uh, I might keep this for a while actually because it's totally my choice to do it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about, um, maybe Snapchat this week. We'll talk about me. Oh, before I forget, the last episode, I, I've been playing around with the setup a little bit. As you can tell, I've been playing around with the with the setup in the podcast studio a little bit. And last week, I was kind of banging the microphone a little too much. I apologize. I set the microphone up so it's the left of me instead of uh, just right in front of me, so a left and right. And the way I have it set up is I wanted the arm to kind of be out of the way so I could just kind of pull it into me. That sounds kind of gross. Um, so... 
but I, w- I also had my coffee over there as well, so I was constantly banging and stuff like that. So I kind of want to – I'm going to move that to the right where the podcast laptop is, and on the left will be my uh, one of my research machines. So just kind of want to do, do that. So sorry about the banging. I try not to do that. I hate that shit. It's kind of amateur. So I wanted to call myself out, you know, because I should. So calling myself out, I'm going to try to do less banging. On the, I'm going to try to do less banging on the podcast stream. What do you think of that? If you have any questions or comments through the podcast live stream, you can email me at – or you can email me. You can send me a direct message at facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Oh, there's a bang on the mic. Sorry about that. Um, or you can actually just hit me up through the live stream on Twitch. So there you go. There's your options. Anyways, uh, there was a couple uh, things I want to talk about. So we'll just go into some of the questions. Not we'll go into – I had some articles that I wanted to get to today. I didn't want to do a bunch of movies today. I'm going to do one movie, and then I want to talk about the legacy of the people behind the movie. Because it's kind of like a, where did they go? Uh, and one of them got a sex change. I can tell you where they went. But, anyways. So, let me hit refresh on that. What the fuck is up with my internet? I got high-speed internet. I don't know what's up with this shit. Uh, oh, don't be a pain in my ass. Anyways, so if you guys are following the stock market, which you probably aren't, uh, I did get ready. There's a first of all, if you do want to learn, if you want an easy to use app to just grab stocks, buy, sell, research quickly, I I highly recommend the Robinhood app. It's a sick app. It's pretty secure, um, and it's pretty much free to use. Mm. Just attach it directly with your uh, with your credit card account or whatever. And you're good to go. But I was in Snap for a while. I bought Snap for Snap was heading up. They started around four or five dollars a share. They flatlined around four or five. Then they boosted up. I bought them for a certain price. And then right before there was something to go down, they the FCC was about to investigate Snapchat. So right and right as I found out about them, I sold them at about nine eighty eight. They fell to about nine twenty one, nine thirty. And then, then all of a sudden, they just decided because the F- they, the FCC found out that they paid off some paid off some people, female ladies, for firings, so they fell. But then all of a sudden, they just rebounded again, and I don't know why. So there's an article here by CCN, not CNN, CCN, about how let's see why Snapchat stored an unbelievable thirty percent in just five days. Snapchat has oh let me read this correctly. There we go. Snapchat Snaphat. <laughs> Snaphat, that's a good name for a company. Snapchat has jumped 30% over the past week from $7 to over $9. Well, that's 7 to 9, yeah. Um Well, yeah, they have basically. Here in crypto land, everybody's mind is on big Bitcoin and other top cryptos. However, if you pulled your money out of something like XPR 5 days ago and put in a Snapchat You've made a killing. The five-day chart tells, yeah, that's right. I got into them when they were around nine-ish, not when they were in seven. Okay. Monday's tracking open up with a sell-off. There's a lot of room for improvement. Um, IPO, yeah, their original IPO price was around $24. That crashed pretty quick, actually. Uh, let's see. But, like I said, there was, this is, let's see. Snap brought in $100 million more in the fourth quarter of 2018 in, uh, than it had in the same quarter of last year. 
The favorable earnings call last week was a big driver of the stock's growth, but volumes seem to be pushing in that direction already. Increasingly, it seems possible we're entering a new era of social media. The concept of privacy has entered the user's consciousness. Social dating apps like Bumble, which offer users a lot more control over their data and usage, are on the rise. Bumble, interestingly, was founded with money from a lawsuit brought by Tinder co-founder Whitney Wolf. Imagine that. I did not know that. So, I gotta stop hitting this fucking mic. Um, Snapchat, let's see. Snapchat had a big hold in the demographic that advertisers are most interested in in high school and college kids. This means companies had no lack of advertisers while their base hasn't grown because they didn't have a, they weren't growing for the longest time. They were bleeding a lot of users. When they stopped bleeding users, though, that's when the stock started to turn around. But then there was the FCC thing where they were investigating uh, some firings and they were paid off and they obviously didn't tell anybody about it. So they took a hit there, but they rebounded really quickly. But I didn't want any part of it, so I sold right off. And then I started getting into other stock. So if you want to start learning about stocks and how to make money, how to basically start making money in the stock market, just do your research and start watching for patterns. Like, for example, I'm following an oil cat, an oil and gas venture company. And, of course, I'm also following Aurora Cannabis. And Aurora Cannabis had a large in, uh, investor just kind of sign on. So they jumped like 12 to 15% today. So you gotta, if you want to jump into the stock market, you don't have to have a huge – uh, first of all, you don't have to have a lot of money. You really just need a couple hundred dollars just sitting around. Okay, If you can get at least 100 bucks, you can actually do something with it. You just need to follow – you just need to have – look for a stock that has a little bit of pattern doesn't cost a lot and you get a little bit of good luck okay don't just buy the bottom of the barrel of what you can afford sometimes that works out sometimes it doesn't but just definitely try to put your money in a market that's emerging and that isn't that is not everything everybody was talking crypto but that's kind of like mainstream muse mainstream news nowadays because crypto is not limitless so you definitely want to, I mean, if there is a cryptocurrency that's making a rise, then fine, look into it. But just in, in general, look for patterns, look for companies emerging or that have hit rock bottom and that are looking to resurge. Something that is trending upwards, jump into it. If something is trending upwards, definitely jump into it. Just don't jump into it with a lot of money. And remember, you can, in, the, in order to buy and sell, you have to be constantly monitoring what's going on. So... You have to have an app that's either always open or have a laptop or a desktop near you that's constantly monitor monitoring these numbers, okay? And don't be afraid to sell off or maybe take a little bit of losses if you know that if there's a gut if you have a gut feeling where you know you're not going to make your money back. Don't be stubborn and hang on to this shit. Just feel free to get rid of it and look into something else. Debts that's what day trading is. If you're into something for the long haul, you know what? Long haul, you can potentially lose shit as well. So when you are looking at stocks or whatever, always remain active. Try to be more of a day trader's mindset. Um, it can be stressful. A lot of day traders have anxiety problems. They have all kinds of other health issues. So try to take it slow in your first venture into some of these things. I hadn't been doing it for a long time. Matter of fact, the stocks I bought, I just gave them to family. I don't know what happened to them, but... For the most part, I just started dabbling back into it. And uh, it is kind of nice to kind of get it. first when you first start doing it, get a feel for it. Basically, put some money into a stock, doesn't matter what it is, could be 20 bucks, and just watch it and watch how it goes up and down and, and, and just treat it like it's the water high tide, low tide. 
And just watch as you lose a few pennies, lose and gain a few pennies. Lose a few dollars, gain a few dollars. Then once you get an idea of how it's of how it patterns, start looking at other stocks, other things that you'd like to invest your money in. And then from there, jump into it. And you can easily, you can truly easily start making a lot of money in the stock market. You really can. But you also have to understand there are other outlying factors as well. If the economy starts to slow, if the president says something great, if the president says something bad, if there's an international incident, those things you have to take into account. If that market, that section of the market is not particularly just doing well, could be technology nobody's buying, it could be oil, there's a new technology that hurts the oil. These are other things you take into account. But at this point, my best advice to you, have a little bit of capital, not much, and start following patterns. Because you never know that one investment you made will pay for your entire vacation. It's just simple science. Or math. One of the two. Um, but definitely look into it. Ones I do recommend, obviously, the cannabis industry. The cannabis industry is going to explode. The question is, who are going to be the victors? And how is it going to be controlled? And if it's going to be controlled by the government heavily, I don't know how well the stocks can perform under that. Because it is a public sector. So you definitely want to make sure that the free market has con- has more control over the cannabis industry than the government does. So if that's the case, you may find that it's doing really well. And then of course, you know, it's still a f- there is a heavy free market right now for any type of uh, oil, natural gas, and uh, or any type of energy platform. So definitely look into those. Find a cheap, find shit for cheap that's trending upwards and dive into it. All right. But just look for patterns in the very beginning. Start looking for patterns and then start to wager. All right. You're definitely bet you will, and I guarantee and you're more likely to make money in the stock market than you are wasting money on fucking lottery tickets. Okay? Plus if you work in like an office setting or something like that and you don't really, you're not really doing anything energetic, I guarantee you one way to get your heart rate up is to start day trading. Okay? Let me reach in, grab some Coffee. Using the little cups. So. (sighs) Delicious. Feeling pretty good, though. All right. So we reached the end of the notebook. Conversations on Drew's social media are only preludes. Yeah, I don't care about that. The GNC lawsuit. Okay. Uh, I was talking to a buddy this week about um, cameras on your phones. So. He showed me this thing where he had an old Nokia cell phone and he was videotaping his wife, not in a gross way. And he was noticed while she was on the phone through the recording of the the old Nokia phone that the that it was an infrared wave was or some type of wave or some type of flash was happening while she was using her phone. What he thinks it was or what he came to realize was it was a free the phone was actually recording her. We're not recording or in some way, shape, or form was actually either the camera was in, was being used or some type of facial recognition software was being used, but the, the smartphone, as she was using it, was recognizing her as she was recording, as she was just using the phone. You have to remember, that, and we don't know exactly what it was, but you wouldn't be able to notice it through your if you were videotaping on a smartphone or through a digital camera, but through an older camera like an older Nokia camera, he could see it. And it was emitting this light like every five seconds. And you have to remember, all these apps that you use in your smartphone, 
have access to your camera, have access to your recording device on the camera. And you also have to understand that a lot of the times you let your kids use these fucking cameras, let your kids use these tablets, use these smartphones. Now, how easy would it be for Google or Instagram or Facebook to just use the camera to use the facial recognition software on your kids, on on you, uh, retina recognition, all that stuff. All these apps have access to your camera. All these apps, and they can take that information, and you wouldn't even know it. And, chan- and there are a lot of lawsuits and investigations for these things actually happening. Okay? So make no mistake. They have your information. And it's not like people don't already take, you know, post pictures of their kids and all other bullshit online, pretty much giving this stuff away. But the, the, the more you use your camera, you have to understand also, too, these are the same companies that create those little smart dots, those smart speakers that you bring into your home that pretty much listen to everything you do at all times. Okay? And, these are the, and if these are the same companies that listen to everything you do through your smart, through your smart speakers at all times, well, it makes perfect sense that your cameras or on your phones would be doing the exact same shit all times, okay? And you wouldn't know it. It's not like the camera's going to tell you. It's not like the phone's going to tell you. I can almost guarantee you, though, that if your smart speakers are listening to what you're doing, that your cell phone is listening and watching as well, okay? But this has to be reiterated over and over. This has to be repeated because people don't get the hint. And they're constantly sitting there on their devices with all these apps that have access to your camera. And I also noticed with the latest update on my Android phone that my phone screen constantly turns on and off. The The screen is off. I turn it off. Screen turns back on. All the time now. I don't know what it is. You can say it's a glitch. But these companies are so into it. They have engineers designing every little thing. There are no glitches. There are no accidents. They're not. These are not accidents. They are doing this on purpose. They're listening to what you do. They're watching what you do. You gotta get away from your cameras. You gotta. You gotta get away from your from your smartphones. You gotta start deleting apps. Like for example, I deleted the Twitter, the Twitter app. You can delete. Uh, Casey Neistat had a video. He dropped a vlog today about him deleting his Facebook. Uh, his Facebook one. His Instagram and his Twitter app. They both have access to your camera. And you're, yeah, like he says, you're mindlessly scrolling. You're not doing anything constructive on these things. You're liking, you're commenting. I mean, I get it. Does It, it may seem like fun to you, but you're not accomplishing anything. And if you go and look at your time used on these apps, shit. You're wasting a fuck ton of time. Now, for example, say you're watching me on something like that. If you're actually watching me or listening to my podcast, at least with that, you can be doing other things. Okay. If you're watching me on, if say, if you're, if you're streaming me on Twitch, you can be doing office work. You can be doing, you could be working out at the gym or you could be uh, doing computer work. You can be doing all kinds of other things while that's streaming. Or if you're listening to the podcast, you could be driving. You could be doing the same exact things that I just described to you while that's happening. So I don't want to be taking away from your important time that you could be spending with family or with other things or accomplishing whatever. I only want to be adding to it. I don't want to be taking away from it because if, if I'm all I'm doing is taking away from your precious free time, which nowadays seems like is becoming less and less, 
then I'm not doing what I preach, not practicing what I preach. And I've been accused of not practicing what I preach all the time by former collaborators, by myself. And yeah, sometimes it happens. It's called being fucking human. But I'm, for the most part, I am trying to add to the conversation and be productive and be creative and be helpful, not the other way around. And chances are, if I've kicked a collaborator or a family member to the, to the curb, it's because they were not helping. They were not helping. They were damaging. They were just playing crazy. They were just, it was just too drama. Or it was all overall just taking away from what I was trying to do to begin with. And sometimes the exit isn't always pleasant. But that's life. You got to learn to deal with that shit. But you got to understand, with these, with these devices, these really super smart devices, yeah, they're designed to be smarter than you. Okay? Technology should help us run our lives. It shouldn't be running our lives. See the difference there? Okay? You can have reminders. You can have things like that. Remember, every single little thing that you put on your phone or every time you have your phone around you or these smart speakers around you, always assume that they are watching, that they are listening, and that metadata, that, that data is being used for something. Whether it's being used for control, whether it's being used for something, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Insidious or it's for profit? Generally, it's for profit. Because they take that data, they sell it to a third-party source, which is what these companies have been investigated heavily for as of recently. Political gain, all that shit. So you have to take that into account. So my advice to you, any smart human being, do not have any smart, do not have any smart speakers in your house. None whatsoever. Get rid of all of them. You don't fucking need them. They don't do anything. Okay? Number one, you already have one on your phone, which is a problem in itself. Okay? And number two, you can do this shit yourself. It's called remotes. Get rid of your smart speakers. You don't need them. Bluetooth speakers are different. Like, for example, if you had a just an old school Bluetooth self uh, speaker. You can buy them everywhere. They don't report any data. Okay. There's a bunch of shitty Chinese companies. You know, the Chinese. I know. I know. The Chinese pretty much spy on everybody. But there are a lot of companies out there that you can buy that are cheap that won't sell your data. So my recommendation, get those. Get rid of your smart speakers. Number two, while you're sleeping or while you, if you don't need your phone, don't have it around or turn it off. When you're sleeping at night, get a clock radio. Get one that's battery operated or USB operated. That way if the power goes out, you're still okay. So you don't wake up late or whatever for whatever you got to do in the morning. So get rid of that. Switch to a clock radio, not one that connects to the internet. Okay? You need to disconnect at some point. There's got to be disconnects. Because if you got your phone that's throwing pulses, that there, what re other reason would a phone be emitting a frequency or a light towards you when you use it other than it's collecting some type of data whether it's facial recognition data retinal data uh sound data anything it shouldn't be emitting anything it shouldn't be emitting jack shit other than what's on the screen so if it's doing that you know it's collecting information okay also yeah, I know it seems convenient to just have your cell phone, but you could easily have a laptop, a nice cheap laptop at your disposal, say if you're in front of the TV or if you're at the dinner table. You could have them for cheap 
and they're not collecting they're not collecting as much data than if you just had your phone in front of you. Okay? This stuff is important. There's a reason I have like 8 to 10 computers. I mean, number one reason is because I have um, a lot of shit that I'm doing. Okay? There's a lot of stuff that I just do in the meantime. Okay? So one collects one collects server data. You know, it's a lot of video and stuff. It requires that. The other stuff I have kicking around, one axe is basically it's a viewing station for movies. Another one monitors the podcast. Another one I take with me out for adventures, and then I have one for a backup. Another one uh, I just have as a leftover to view movies in another room on a big screen. So I have this stuff. So I would try to rely less on my cell phone, which I know is spying on me and is spying on you too. It's not tinfoil hat Alex Jones shit. Your phones are doing it. You can look it up. Your phones are absolutely doing it. So please keep that in mind. Please. Um, that's part of, that's one part of health and wellness. The second part of health and wellness, and yes, your phone situation is definitely a health and wellness issue. The second one was a GNC lawsuit that I want to talk about because GNC was a place I used to spend a shit ton of money. And then I moved to a independent, uh, independent nutritional store. And actually I don't really buy any type of nutritional stuff from nutritional stores almost anymore. Because the amount of money you spent was ridiculous. And the shit you got, you don't know if it was good stuff. You don't know what it was filled with. You don't know if it was cleared. Because when you go to buy supplements, they nine times out of ten, they are not cleared by the FDD, FDA, Food and Drug Administration. And generally, they shouldn't have to be. You know, supplements like niacin and stuff like that, they shouldn't have to be cleared. It's either good, it's either good or bad. Okay. And a lot of this stuff, when it does get pulled from shelves, like, for example, Jack 3D was a energy supplement that you take before you go to the gym. That shit was pulled from the shelves like three, four times. They just kept redoing the formula and then reintroducing it. That shit was crack. The original Jack 3D was crack. It was straight amphetamine. You go in the gym and you'd be like, Aah! you fucking Godzilla. This stuff was crazy. Hmm. But this new lawsuit, uh, I pulled this one. I decided to go with this with this one. Natural Products Insider. In Oregon AG lawsuit, GNC says legality of ingredients in, in dispute. Uh, warning letters and official affidavit do not resolve the dispute over legality of ingredients that are at the heart of a lawsuit filed by Oregon Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum. In a lawsuit brought, let me pull this up to me. In a lawsuit brought by Oregon Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum signaled its intent to dispute federal regulators' conclusions that ingredients previously sold by the company are illegal. All right. Rosenblum alleged GNC sold dietary supplements containing two illegal ingredients, picomelin, P-I-C... Whoop. Almost lost my camera there. Are we good? Are we good? Let me pull that back. Sorry about that. Uh, Picamillan and BMPEA in violation of Oregon's Unlawful Trade Practices Act after GNC received an FDA official's affidavit last year that Picamillan, if that's how you call it, didn't qualify as a dietary ingredient. The retail immediately pulled products containing the substance from its stores. In spite of those developments, GNC hasn't con conceded FDA's conclusions are correct. If this and the if these two supplements were in fact lawful dietary ingredients during the time that GNC sold products containing those ingredients, then in the entirety of the state's case disappears. GNC counsel, blah 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 blah. In objecting that neither GNC GNC does this all the fucking time. 
They do. All the fucking time. Okay? They'll load products onto their shelves. They don't give a damn what's in it. They sell the fuck out of it overpriced by their sales reps that are usually the basically the cashier. They'll tell you, well, if you got to get this, then you got to get this. And then you got to get this. You got to get this. All kinds of shit. Um, and the next thing you know, you've just dropped $200 on supplements you absolutely don't you absolutely don't need. Okay? A lot of supplements that you don't need. BCAAs, glucosamine, um, pre-workout, lot of fat burners. All these products are bullshit. The majority of protein uh, protein powders. A lot of them you don't even need. Okay? I take two supplements at night. Magnesium for digestion and alpha brain, which I do not get from GMC. That comes straight from Onnit. That's a brain nootropic. Makes me less stupid. Not completely unstupid. And then uh, for, for the gym, I do take a pre-workout. But I don't go over the allotted amount. Okay? And you keep, and believe me, that stuff's not that great for you in the long run. But GNC will literally just, you don't know what's in those powders. You don't know how they were cut. You don't know where the products came from most of the time. A lot of times you buy these like $15, $20 powders and the amount of ingredients are, in, are from in there. Sometimes they're, sometimes they're good ingredients. Sometimes they're bottom of the barrel and you don't know what they were cut with. And a lot of the times, and if you are a natural competitor, if you are a mixed martial arts fighter, this stuff can be flagged and you can get in a shitload of trouble for it. So there are a lot of lawsuits. As a matter of fact, there's a class action lawsuit right now. At If you go to top, uh, was it topclassactionlawsuits.com, something like that, there's an article about GNC's uh, trickery. And they've been doing this for a long time. Overpriced, overpriced questionable supplements that you don't need that you're that they they try to sell you on, okay. A lot of the time, their products are not that great. A lot of times, you can just go on Amazon or you can go on eBay and you can get the same shit for a quarter of the price. But overall, health and wellness—you don't need to be spending all that money. Your best bet is to just work with your nutrition, your food, what you take in. You can get the vast majority of what you need intake-wise from the food you eat. Okay, there are in, you know, if you don't, if you're insufficient in omega threes, yeah, you can take an omega three supplement. If your digestion is an issue, yeah, you can take a magnesium supplement. Uh, coffee is also, I consider coffee a supplement. I consider it a supplement. The caffeine helps in two ways, or the coffee helps in two ways: digestion and energy. Both and and both benefit the other, absolutely. Um, and then just those two pills I was talking about. So I take three pills at night. I take nothing in the morning. I just have my coffee. I fast for four hours after I wake up and then I start my day. So it's really not too bad. But I, I mean, if you are any type of competitor or any type of person who's looking to get back in shape, um, I strongly suggest just starting with your diet. Okay. Cutting out what you know is bullshit. You know. Okay, if you have to question it, you already know the answer. Get fucking get rid of it. Okay, and except for salt, keep the salt, please. Uh, anyways, there's a question. Let's see, question from Donix. This might just be spam. 
Hey, positive sarcasm. Hope you're good. I'm starting a scuffed game show every Friday on my channel, and the first being the 29th of March. I'm currently looking for streamers who are interested in taking part. I don't want to disrupt your stream any further, but if you're interested, I can drop you a DM later with more details. Yeah, I guess you could. What the hell? What the hell would that do? Worst case scenarios, I say no. Yeah, you can go ahead and send me a DM. You can you can dive into my DMs with that. Uh, uh, thank you for stopping by anyways. Anywho. So, yeah, uh, okay, what time are we at? 43 minutes, 44 minutes. Ooh, are we going to talk about that? No, let's talk about that. All right, let's get to the Google reviews, or let's get to this. I want to talk about this. So, I just watched a movie that could have had so much promise back when it came out. It could have been basically the return of these of this directing duo, and at the end of the day, it was so disappointing because I wanted this movie to be good so bad. And I knew this movie had been shit on so much and died at the box office. And pretty much, I guess I'm going to say, ended the career of the Wachowskis. Used to be the Wachowski brothers, but Lana, well, yeah, she uh, jumped the fence uh, gender-wise. They started back in 1996 with a with a uh, independent movie called Bound, and then they were, of course, known for the massive box office smash called The Matrix. But then after The Matrix, they kind of just went sideways with their storytelling. Everything kind of felt rushed, um, and a lot of people did not like Matrix. First of all, the intro to The Matrix Reloaded sucks. Okay. When you look back at it, you go, okay, this is pretty much terrible. And they have a they, – they use big words. They, they explain everything very quickly in these elaborate tones that you kind of don't get, but you try to go along with anyways because it makes you feel smarter. Uh, with The Matrix, the first one, it made sense because The Matrix starts off, unlike Jupiter, Asc Jupiter Ascending, uh, The Matrix starts off with the very – mysterious and action-packed sequence okay with camera angles never seen before okay never seen before so the idea that just like star wars when you first saw star wars back in 1977 it starts off with an action scene you don't know what exactly what the hell is going on but you're already your interest is already peaked so your senses are already heightened which means you're paying much more attention to the movie Okay, The Matrix did that very, very well. But The Matrix is one of those things, It was there was a lot of big words, there was a lot of world building. They built this very interesting world. They didn't exactly show you all of the world in the first movie. In the second movie, they did. They, called, they showed you Zion in the second world. But in the first one, they told you a lot about it. They told you a lot about the timeline, building the timeline of what happened. They take a lot of time Something that Quentin Tarantino is very good with. Talking out the situation. Telling you exactly what happened. And they do a very good job in the, the original Matrix of telling you everything that exactly would happen. Very properly. They And that's what made that movie so great. The environment, the camera angles, the characters involved, getting you to like the characters, getting you to hate char certain characters, understanding the, the characters even if you didn't like them, their motives... They did that very well. After that, 
I don't know what the hell happened to the Wachowskis, but they very much went downhill with their character development. And even with a little bit of redemption in the Matrix Revolutions, but after that, I don't know what happened to them. I mean, they definitely had some interesting attempts. Like, for example, with V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta was actually a very good movie. I'm not sure. Did they actually direct that? I don't think they directed that. I'm going to double check, though. Let's see. V for Vendetta 2005. Uh, who? No. They were writers. They wrote on that movie. But it was actually directed by James McTeague. James McTeague. Okay, so they had some interesting, they had some interesting attempts at greatness. Like for example, uh, they had if you if you want to you know get on some freaking hallucinogenics, watch a movie called Speed Racer based on the actual cartoon. You watch that shit. That ending is so filled with color and craziness. Yeah, uh, I'm sure if if you drop a hint of acid. And then you watch the ending of that movie, you'll, your eyes will blow out of your head. And I actually enjoyed the movie, even though it's more of a kid's movie, but very enjoyable. Great world building. Interesting interesting movie, but overall, massive bust. Okay, so that was kind of strike. That was pretty much strike one for the Wachowski brothers. Well, Wachowski brother and sister. Now they are. That was strike one. Then they went for a very elaborate very strong attempt at a movie called Cloud Atlas, which is actually a very, very good movie. Cloud Atlas was a very good movie. Tom Hanks was in it. Halle Berry was in it. That was, uh, Cloud Atlas was a fantasy by 2012. They did the screenplay for that, and I think they directed that as well. So they got, they started with that. That had a huge budget. It had a huge, it was a huge attempt at a huge timeline, massive world building at the same time, trying to explain all this shit in two and a half hours. And nobody understood what the hell it was about. That's the problem. I don't get it. This was the movie I really thought they should have done. They, they should have knocked out of the park, but it got absolutely no love. And because it died at the box office and didn't get the recognition that it really deserved, especially by an amazing acting performance by Tom Hanks, and actually, and of course by Holly Berry, don't want to, you know, don't want to leave her out of the conversation, who's she's a great actress. Uh, this movie died in the box office. That was strike two. Okay. Then it was Jupiter Ascending, which is to, I'm going to go to now. Jupiter Ascending, an action-adventure fantasy, 2015, starring Channing Tatum and Mila Clueless. Uh, let's see. A young woman discovers her destiny as an heiress of intergalactic nobility and must fight to protect the inhabitants of Earth from an ancient and destructive industry. So basically, a bunch of real estate agents are fighting over who owns Earth. And the long-hidden owner of Earth, basically Mila Kunis, they try to kill her. Or at least get their, sh uh, basically get her to sign over her shares on the property that is Earth. Channing Tatum is a basically a mixed bag of lichen and human and what God knows what else. His name is Kane. He basically is hired to pick her, go pick her up, basically rescues her. He's the protagonist in the movie. And then there's a bunch of other cool characters like Sean Bean's in it. Sean Bean uh, was a Bond villain, and he was also in the first season of, uh, what was it? 
not Imagine Dragons, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, <laughs> Game of Thrones, and he got his head cut off. Sad. Um, here's the thing, and then okay, this guy Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne was the main villain in this movie. The weird thing was like it had a very the villains in this movie was very uh, Shakespearean. They spoke very delicately and soft. Oh my darling, da, 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 all that bullshit. And Eddie Redmayne was the main villain in this movie. The way he spoke, and he had these big pouty lips. Like I've seen real estate agents with less fucking plastic surgery than this dude's top lip. And the way he spoke in the movie was the most annoying thing ever. He spoke softly. He's like, I want her found and I want her dead. And that's not how villains talk. At least not villains in like a $100 million production budget movie. The CGI was out of this world. Okay. Because the movie took place out of this world. Yeah. Um, But the amount of moving parts... And the way that they insert this, like, my big fat Greek wedding, which was basically her family in the movie, which really was just kind of a filler. There was too many connect the dots with very, very thin straight lines to kind of, you know, duct tape this fucking plot together. I wouldn't even give duct tape. That does duct tape a disrespect. You can do a lot with duct tape. Okay. You can pick a car up with duct tape. Uh, This is like fucking Elmer's glue, how they pasted this story together. Um, I have no problem with Mila Kunis's character in the movie, okay? I have no problem with Channing Tatum's character in this movie. But, motherfucker, please! I need a minute. <laughs> How? If you were gonna, if you were gonna advertise the shit out of this movie, if you're gonna put hundreds of millions of dollars into a production budget, and you're going to get big name actors like Channing Tatum who was coming off the uh, the Magic Mike type stuff. And of course, Mila Kunis, who's a big time co- uh, comedy character, comedy actress. How the world are you going to blow sh- blow your big chance like this? Thankfully, um, what's his face? M. Night Shyamalan, he rebounded. He looked like he wasn't going to be a one hit. Well, he looked like for a while he was going to be a one hit wonder because he started coming out with some real shitty movies. But he also had signs. He had Lady in the Water. And he also did some good stuff lately, too. Um, But with the Wachowskis, they're starting to look like they're, as far as box office goes, they look like they're starting to become one-hit wonders right now. They did, I mean, they did Bound, which was not a box office success. That was just kind of one of those little movies that was under the radar, but kind of got them on the map. Kind of like Christopher Nolan, who did, the hell was that movie? He did that movie, not The Machinist, uh... He did a movie with Christian Bale way back in the day. No, not Christian Bale. The fuck's his name? Who cares? Um, so he did that. He did, you know, they're one-hit wonders. They they did Bound. It was okay. And then they did The Matrix, which put him in a whole different stratosphere. They were known. They had the production. Did okay. Time to go to work and make good movies. They did two half-ass fucking trilogies to The Matrix. And then it was like, okay, what are we going to do after that? And they just kept – their stock just kept sliding. And then Jupiter Ascending, I think, was, in my opinion, their one chance to really do it right. And the world building between what they were doing in Jupiter and what they were doing with the CGI, with the ships and the environments, they had so much opportunity with this movie. Basically, the synopsis is, 
yeah, she's a princess. Her heir to the, she has an heir to the throne. The throne being Earth. She's gonna own Earth. They want Earth, so they want her dead. So they go and hire this dude, aka Channing Tatum, to go and pick her up. He decides he's gonna rescue her, and then plot ensues from there. They try to kill her, and then chaos goes from there. But the Eddie Redmayne character was so fucking bad. The Lycans, Lycans basically are these big dragon wolf type things. Their CGI was stupid. They were almost like comic booky, not even comic booky. They just it just after watching like Underworld, these these were not the Lycans you were talking about. They were just too much too fantasy for this to even really enter the realm of yeah, that makes sense. That didn't work. Okay, this was like and. The amount of skater boy bullshit. He had these gravity boots that basically allowed him to fly anywhere. He could fly anywhere. Okay. He could fly in space. He could fly downtown Chicago. And it was like, okay, I get it. This is kind of a fantasy movie. But make it somewhat, you know, give it a little bit of, a little more reality. Ground it just a little bit, please. But what, I just, there was just, too much of it to the point where nobody could really grasp on to actually liking the movie. Nobody had a problem, I think, with Channing Tatum's character. Nobody had a problem with Mila Kunis's character. But it did. Number one, the movie did not start out like The Matrix. It didn't get your attention right away. Okay. Number two, the villain. The villain was a bitch. Okay. The villain, Eddie Redmayne's character. Like I said, I don't knock the actors for doing what they are told to do. But I do knock the characters and how they are written into the movie. And Eddie Redmayne's character was dog shit. Okay. I want her found. And I want her dead. And then I want a Diet Coke with a scoop of vanilla ice cream. And a straw on a spoon. It's just like... That is... I don't, I don't understand what the hell you were thinking when you decided to have a character talk that way. And first of all, this dude was such a weak ass looking dude which maybe it, which was a, a design of this character but he was so weak number one it didn't look like he could rule it didn't even look like he could pick up a fucking shovel okay and the minute he actually comes in physical contact with Mila Kunis's character she beats the shit out of him she beats the shit out of him now there was the the CGI in this movie was awesome don't get me wrong there was a lot of great CGI Okay, but even with all that great CGI and the way the uh, the way the actual Jupiter, the way they go through the hurricane in Jupiter and how they access that city and stuff like it's like okay, cool, super awesome. But at the end of the day, it was just whipped cream on top of ice cream. It was whipped cream on top of ice cream that had no flavor. It had no flavor. Okay, it's like eating birthday confetti cake that doesn't taste like fucking birthday cake confetti ice cream or, or, or cake. It doesn't. It just. It's so, oh, where's the flavor? You know, it's cheap shit. It doesn't, it doesn't serve to the actual, there's no substance or emotion to the movie beyond just the fantastic CGI. The villains at the end of the day are not very likable. And it was just, it's just too far to the realm of what it should be for it to be a movie that you really like. It doesn't redeem itself in the end. Okay. And you just, at the end of the day, you just stop giving a shit about the characters in general for it to be likable. And there's so much talking in this movie and using big words to try to explain things, but it 
it's like, okay, we're going to talk about this really quick, and then we're going to move on to the next thing. And then we're going to talk about this really quick, and we're going to move on to the next thing in the movie to explain all these little plot holes to kind of fit things together, which at the end of the day don't really matter because you never really give a shit about it to begin with. You want to see the damsel in distress, the core plot of the movie, a real true villain. Like nowadays you really need to have a true villain. You know, like No Country for Old Men or or Infinity War, you know, evil, evil, or evil with a heart, something to that nature. But just this, you know, pretty boy, bitch, real estate agent who wants her found and he wants her dead. That's not a real villain, okay? That's just like a fucking Star Wars, The Last Jedi, hipster uh, Darth Vader dude, which, like I said, we've already ranted about that. Doesn't work for me. It didn't work for me. And overall, that was the, the I, this movie signified the end of the Wachowskis for me. I don't know what they got in development right now, and I don't fucking care. And I can only imagine, and you know what? If another Matrix movie was to be offered to Keanu Reeves, to be honest, if it was ordered by the Wachowskis, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't do it. Because right now, Keanu Reeves is such on such a hot streak with the new Bill and Ted that he's working on, and with the John Wick trilogy. Uh, it's called uh, Parabellum. Chapter 3 is coming out this year. Why the hell would you risk your reputation, your really growing reputation, as being a very uh, uh, dedicated actor on a pile of shit franchise now? Because let's face it, The Matrix is not a... It's not an epic franchise. It was one really good movie... Followed by two half-ass sequels. And then the Wachowskis are basically built on one really good movie by a bunch of giant letdowns and box office busts. And then Jupiter Ascending was something that could have been really epic, that could have completely changed the sci-fi fantasy genre. But with bad storytelling and bad plot and bad character development and bad villains... And cook some some cookie cutter bullshit and under explaining where there should be over explaining. It's exhausting to spend two and a half hours. And I wanted to truly understand. Did they have something there? I wanted to watch it and go, you know what? I bet this actually isn't a bad movie. And when you sit down and watch it. Oh yeah, and then you get the happening. That's what you get. You get a whole lot of this and none of actually that. So basically nothing more than a two-star movie. I didn't hate it, okay? I didn't hate it like I hated Justice League. Justice League was compl- on on every angle. On every angle, Justice League was a pile of shit, okay? Where you look at Justice League, you look at that fucking movie, and you go, okay, that's exactly what not to do. Everything that was done in that movie, don't do it, okay? You don't fucking do it. Jupiter Ascending is what could... You look back and you go, what could have been? And then what ultimately failed. And a really good director could look at that. Like James Cameron. If James Cameron was given the script for Jupiter Ascending. That would have been the next Avatar. For sure. So. I don't look at Jupiter Ascending as what not to do. I look at it as just a big disappointment. And if you look at the box office. And the production budget. That makes it even bigger of a disappointment. And at the end of the day, you just kind of look at it and you go, what? That would be my review for it. What? Dot, dot, dot. What? Question mark. But 
it just to me signals it's not it's more than just a movie to me it signifies a giant disappointment that is the Wachowskis obviously I want them to do more I want them to rebound and come back with something so epic like nowadays I think if Cloud Atlas was released today with a little more work I think Cloud Atlas could be something greater Cloud Atlas was a great movie I enjoyed the hell out of it I gave it rave reviews I think I gave it four out of five stars I loved it on so many... It was such a bold attempt at something so broad, building huge worlds across huge timelines with giant actors. A-list material shit. I just think... I think it got... I think it got fucked over, personally. I think Cloud Atlas got fucked over. Jupiter Ascending, not the case. Speed Racer, I think, could have been something more, too. But it just ended up being a likable movie with a fantastic ending CGI-wise that, for me, emotionally was actually quite, you know, grabbing. But at the end of the day, it was just a goofy reinterpretation of Speed Racer, the the cartoon, which was goofy in itself, which I liked. I like Speed Racer. Your kids would love it, too. But this Jupiter Ascending is not Cloud Atlas. Matter of fact, Jupiter Ascending isn't much of all at all. It's just one of those movies that you throw on for chill and maybe smoke a little pot and call it a day. But depressing to know that the Wachowski brothers, I don't, well, excuse me, the Wachowski brother and sister collection don't have anything really on the horizon that I actually look forward to. And I personally, and yes, like I said, if he's, if there's a fourth movie in the making for, for the Matrix, I do not think that Lawrence Fishburne or Keanu Reeves should take up should take the money for it. I think they have way other opportunities, way more opportunities on other realms to do to to solidify their standing as some of the best actors of our time, especially Keanu Reeves. I don't think he should do another Matrix movie. I really don't. He's got the Jack. He's he's got the the John Wick trilogy, which had. Which basically changed action movies and you didn't even know it. Okay. And if you didn't, you know now. So. Jupiter Ascending 2015. Two out of five stars. I don't recommend it. The CGI is great. Not much more than that. So we discussed this. We blew through some shitty stuff. Snapchat. Uh, banging the mic last episode. Sorry about that. I did a little bit here. The uh, the end of my notebook it basically don't give you don't you know get off your fucking your your cell phones because the cameras are watching you and the speakers are listening to you gnc lawsuit uh my buddy bobby my buddy bobby and i are actually going down back to cape cod this weekend i may make a vlog about that dedicated to my buddy bobby um and then basically i just bitched about the wachowskis for the last 30 minutes justifiably so heavy technical use elaborate world building Nothing further than that. So, uh, worst movie I ever saw. I still haven't gone into that, but I'll save it for another day because I don't know how I got through an hour of six of that rambling, but we're done. Hour and six, that's plenty. You can find me on Twitter at POS Sarcasm, Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. You can hit me up on Instagram, slide into those DMs <laughs> at Positive underscore Sarcasm. Uh, streaming live every week. Uh, uh, what is it? Twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. You can hit me up through there. 
uh, you can donate to the podcast. You can donate to support this whole thing. PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate. Posing music for all you bodybuilders and physique athletes out there. You can go to my posing music section at PositiveSarcasm.com. Number one on the internets, by the way. And, uh, yeah, you hit me up through all social media. You can contact me directly. Any questions, concerns, I'm more than happy to entertain your thoughts. Shout out to Johnny Monotone. Shout out to all my nonprofits out there that are doing so well. Uh, we have rescheduled the uh, Southern Sudan fundraiser for late May. Uh, I just finished the uh, – I actually had to redo the fucking flyer for that because, oh, my God, what a fucking train wreck. Woo! But I made a new fun. I made a new one myself. Let's start charging. <laughs> Kidding. Um, so, yeah, I guess that'll be it for today. I got a few other things to do. I got to go fix some laptops and a couple other things. So, yeah. Hey, another week in the books. Spring's around the corner, baby. Time to drop the rag top. Soft top. Ooh, I haven't. Ooh, I'm going to keep, my, gotta keep my, my mouth sealed. Got to talk about the new convertible coming soon, hopefully. But thank you guys for listening, watching, subscribing. Yeah, like I said. Any way of, of you guys want to support the podcast, you know where to go. If you guys want to slide into my DMs, ask me questions or whatever about how to do shit, you know where to find me. But I thank you guys for listening, watching, subscribing, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music. <coughs> you know where to find me. We're done here. Thank you guys for listening, watching, subscribing. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.